If you're struggling with alcohol or drugs, Recovery Centers of America can help. RCA's local inpatient and outpatient programs are founded on science and delivered with heart from an expert, caring team who will inspire and guide you every step of the way. Call 1-888-RECOVERY now to speak with a treatment advisor. At RCA, you'll be in a community that builds connections and fosters support from peers and RCA's team of medical professionals and recovery support specialists. At RCA's state-of-the-art camp in Monroeville, Pennsylvania, they tailor your treatment to you and also offer specialized programs like PRIZE, a unique program for people who have been in recovery but have relapsed. Here, you won't have to start from step one. You'll build off the knowledge you've previously acquired in treatment and focus on the areas of your recovery that need improvement. RCA answers the phone and accepts patients 24-7 and is in network with most major insurance providers. Don't wait. Call 1-888-RECOVERY today. That's 1-888-RECOVERY. NFL fans, go to NFLshop.com and check out all the latest officially licensed NFL gear today. Looking for the perfect gift or just gearing up for the 2021 season? NFL Shop is the ideal place to get the gear players and coaches wear on field. Your favorite player's jersey or gear customized just for you. Choose from the largest assortment for all 32 teams anywhere. NFLshop.com is your source for the best selection of officially licensed NFL products from jerseys, apparel, hats, collectibles, and more. To shop now, go to NFLshop.com today. In this season of Unobscured, we will follow Grigory Rasputin's transformation from a peasant at the crossroads of history to a monster at the center of far too many legends. And in the process, learn how he took the weight of a fallen empire with him to the grave. Join us as we make our way into the burning palaces of Imperial Russia to dig up the truth about Grigory Rasputin. Unobscured Season 4 is available now. Listen and subscribe on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Welcome to Record Store Society, a production of iHeartRadio. What if we're just doing the hook, you know what I mean? Yeah. I've actually thought about this before. Mm-hmm. Um... And yeah, I don't know if, if someone doesn't have their own verse, it almost feels like it's not necessarily like a true duet to me. Yeah, I know what you mean. And also like perhaps different genres, it's harder to call it a duet more than just like a feature. Like in hip hop, it's not a duet, you know? It's, hmm, this is, oh, hey, hi. Uh, welcome to our record store. Uh, I'm Seth, this is Tara. Uh, thanks for coming in today. Uh, we're, we're just, you know, hanging out, talking about music, doing our thing. But uh, if you need anything, just uh, give us a shout and we'll be happy to help you with anything you need. Because, uh, yeah, we're, we're, you know, we're thinking about uh, duets today and I really wanted to get more hip hop in there, but I could never find a way to call it a duet. It never quite made sense in my mind. Oh, hey, hi. Check out who's here. It's Marcy. Hey. Hi. Marcy hey. Kikina. Hello. How are you today? I'm good. I'm happy to be in a record store. <laughs> yes. It's a nice little bubble to feel safe and to, uh, you know, I like that line. I think it's from um, Almost Famous, where say, if you're ever feeling lonely, just go to a record store and visit your friends. It's sad. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. <laughs> it feels too true that it makes me a little sad. <laughs> um, yeah. It is a little sad, right? I mean, nothing quite compares to being able to touch all the merchandise and like leaf through it. Yeah. And, it, and it, I, I always, I always feel like it's adventurous too. Like it's, you're almost on like a little like treasure hunt, trying to find something good hidden away. 
Oh, it's good stuff. Um, but but Marcy, I see. I I know you through like the world of audio production and all that kind of stuff. But I've heard some really cool things about you that I want to kind of dive into real quick before we get to whatever it is you're here shopping for. Mostly, sure. you've described yourself as a music ethnicologist before, which just mm-hmm. sounds so fucking cool. And in <laughs> in my mind, I can kind of parse apart like the sections of the words. But will you explain to me what a music ethnicologist does right yeah so people often are like what is that ethnomusicology what is that most people are familiar with the word musicology in fact prince my favorite singer had an album called musicology so everybody became very familiar with the terminology but ethnomusicology is very similar to musicology which is the anthropology of music and the ethno part that gets add in between is like the ethnographic work that goes into deciding, figuring out, researching and analyzing what the purpose of music is in a particular culture. So to give you an example, most cultures throughout our history use music in ways that we all know to celebrate rituals of life, like birthdays, funerals, weddings, etc. Um, in addition to religious and spiritual practices. And that's one of the things that ethnomusicology looks at is why, why do people care about music? What is the purpose of music in a culture? Wow, that's so cool. Would you say that kind of like factors into your DJ work as well, or are they completely separate things? No, absolutely. They definitely do. So my specialty is music of Africa and the diaspora, which is a very broad terminology. For sure. And, um, you know, when I first started studying, I was really interested in Cape Verde, which is where my my family is from. They're islands on the west coast of Africa uh, that were colonized by the Portuguese. So um, initially, I was really interested in in Cape Verde. And then from there, I became I kind of fell into this DJ thing. Um, And that experience of looking at music from all of these, these different countries throughout Africa, and then the diaspora, which is huge, really is what has made my DJing unique because I'm one of the few people that is weaving the thread Mm -hmm. throughout all of these cultures rhythmically because there's really not much difference actually other than language, but the tempo changes, but the basic rhythms and instrumentations and song structures and styles are pretty much the same, whether you're in Jamaica or Zimbabwe. So it's been really interesting to be able to kind of show what people have in common rather than sort of what, you know, makes us different. Um, Music really is that place. It's the universal language. And what I've found is that even beyond Africa and the diaspora, it doesn't matter whether it's Hungarian music or Chinese music or Peruvian music. When we hear something that sounds good, you don't have to know the language. You don't have to know like what's going on. You just groove to it. I love that. That's so cool. And, and you have like a mixed cloud if I want to check this stuff out, right? Yeah, I do. I do. I have a mixed cloud. It's one of the few places that you can put up a DJ mix without the copyright police coming <laughs> after you. Right. <laughs> and, and how would I find that? What would I search for? So you just search for my name. My name is Marcy Depina, M-A-R-C-Y-D-E, capital P-I-N-A. So it's mixcloud.com forward slash Marcy Depina. 
I'm going to check that out. Because what this reminds me of, um, one of my favorite musicians, period, but also a guy who DJs a lot, is uh, Madlib. And oh, yeah. man, oh man, Madlib, he takes some voyages around the world with his mixtapes, where he's just like, oh, by the way, this is all going to be Bollywood today. You're like, all right, go for it. You're, <laughs> you're, you're going to introduce me to some amazing Bollywood today. And he's like, oh, hey, never mind. Uh, today it's Brazilian. It's like, great. You're going to show me some amazing Brazilian stuff. Go for it, you know? And what what you're saying reminds me of that. So I'm I'm very excited. I'm going to go check all this out. It's going to be fun times. Cool. I'm excited too. It's funny because music now with technology, like you can really, before we used to have to go and dig in the crates, mm-hmm. you know, you'd have to go and find stuff, but now the wonderful world of the internet, yeah. <laughs> you can explore every you know corner of the world and there's no shortage of great music out there. Oh, sure. Like if you just pick like one genre from one website, you could be there for the rest of your life if you want, you know, like, um, uh, a guy I know who works at iHeart in Atlanta, he um, loves the um, gosh, what is it? It's it's a, it's a public domain website where it's all just like archival stuff, and nice. he gets all of his music from there. And it's like, yeah, you're right. If you just dedicate yourself to like that one location, or mm-hmm. like let's say you're only interested in let's fi- say like reggae from Bandcamp, you could be there for the rest <laughs> of your life just literally up reggae sure. from Bandcamp. Yeah. You know. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Uh, but well, hey, hey um, today, uh, we, you know, we, we play this game often called the High Fidelity Game here, Marcy, where uh, we uh, pick a topic and then we go through and we list our top five very subjective uh, uh, things in that realm. We're doing duets today. Uh, do you want to join us for that? Yes, it sounds so much fun. Excellent. Uh, uh, I believe it's my turn to go first. So I've got my little stack of records here and uh, let, let's go through the list. So. Uh, for my top five duets, I made myself a couple of little rules because I, I I often have to do this where I'm like, okay, I need to narrow the field just slightly because there's obviously so many ways to duet in the world. So I'm like, okay, what am I going to focus on? So number one, I focused on equal representation. That I needed both people in this duet to both have approximately the same amount of ground covered, that they were both you know equal partners in this song, at least mostly, you know? Uh, number two... I was not going to allow it if the duet included two people from the same group. So, for example, uh, like a duet between Paul McCartney and John Lennon. I'm like, eh, you know, not quite a duet for at least what I'm digging for today. Obviously, that is a duet. But at least for my personal top five, I'm excluding those. And the third thing, I'm focusing exclusively on vocal duets. Obviously, there's like, you know... Two pianists can do a duet. Um, two drummers can do a duet. Any anything can be a duet. For me personally, I chose only vocalists because once again, I just had to narrow the field slightly to to bring this down to my top five. So, anyway, anyway, my number five. Here I go. Enemy Jean by Of Montreal, featuring Janelle Monae from the 2010 album False Priest. I love Janelle Monet. I love of Montreal. I'm so happy that I got to just kind of like, you know, put a little shine on them with this list right now. Their like whole relationship together is just adorable to me that they're both like, you know, Georgia weirdos and they kind of like found each other (laughs) and decided to kind of like collaborate so much because they've both been on each other's albums a lot. And um, I've also seen both of them here in Atlanta and they've come out on stage with each other. And then they also, I believe, toured with each other in 2010. 
And it's just, yeah, they, they just have this like really great relationship that I feel is kind of like mutually beneficial and kind of they fit together so well. And I, I just really like both. I love of Montreal and I love Janelle Monet. And I was glad that they kind of did this collaboration. Nice. I actually don't know that song, which oh, I'm, yeah. I feel like a horrible DJ right now. <laughs> How do I, I not know this? <laughs> I don't know it either. Don't feel bad. Okay. Okay, okay good. <laughs> Uh, specifically, if both of you are interested, check out the 2010 of Montreal album called False Priest, because on it, there are two songs with Janelle Monet and one song with Solange. It's, Ooh. it's a, I, I don't know what he was in the mood for right then, but he was getting some <laughs> great collaborators. And it's also kind of hard to track down of Montreal's discography because he's, he puts out like an album a year. And so it's hard to kind of narrow down what are the good ones and which ones you want to pay attention to, which yeah. ones you don't. Uh, personally, I dig it all. So I, I follow the whole catalog, but False Priest is one to definitely check out. It's a really, really fun one. Sounds awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. Uh, my number four, Portland, Oregon by Loretta Lynn featuring Jack White from the 2004 album Van Leer Rose. Well, slogan is That's a good one. I, I, that is a really good one. Yeah. I really love this song. Um, part of it was that I was living in Portland, Oregon when this song came out. So it, it felt oddly like personal to the entire city of Portland. <laughs> like we all felt like Jack White and, and Loretta Lynn had like made this song <laughs> for us. Just for you. <laughs> and it, it's, um, it's clearly not the case. <laughs> Apparently, um, what had happened was Loretta Lynn, I, I read a brief story about it. She had written this song because she was mad that her husband was just kind of like showing women outside of their marriage attention. And she's like, well, what if I was doing that? So she wrote a song about hypothetically, if she cheated on him, what she would have done and blah, blah, blah. And so um, she just had this like in like a trunk in her home and just like a stack of songs that she never did anything with. Jack White was over there visiting and he found it. He's like, let's do this one, please. And she's like, Pfft. All right, <laughs> you know, I'm 72, whatever, <laughs> you know. <laughs> and um th th that's another weird thing to me about this song. She was 72 when they when they recorded this song and he was 28. Wow. Isn't that wild? Yeah, I, I thought that. Yeah. it was such a I loved their partnership. It was so almost unexpected, but at the same time it made so much sense to yeah. me. Yeah. Yeah, because like in any other world, a 72-year-old um, doing a duet with a 28-year-old in like a romantic way, because clearly the song has like romantic um, lyrics and themes, you'd go, what? What are you, huh? <laughs> but for some reason, Jack is like such like a timeless being that it makes perfect sense. I've never questioned it. Like it just, it just, it, yeah. it, it, per it works perfectly as a duet and I, I love it. And, and plus it's just cool too, because um, basically the entire backing band is made up of all the raconteurs. So it's basically a raconteurs song featuring Loretta Lynn playing an old Loretta Lynn song that she never recorded, which is just neat, you know? It's <laughs> just like one big collaboration at that point. Yeah. Amazing. And she's always turning, you know, turning the tables around in her music and just kind of shaking things up. You know, she wasn't, she's always been sort of no fear about like what people think. So I love that she was like, you know what? I can have an affair too. I'm a woman. Like, yes. it's not just men. <laughs> I can get what I want too, you know? True artistry. Taking <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> All right. My number three, uh, I know I'm going to impress Tara on this one or, uh, and, and perhaps overlap with Tara on this one. 
Marcy, one thing to know about Tara and I is that we both love Sonic Youth more than anything in the whole wide world. We both have like Sonic Youth tattoos. We both talk about them far too much. (laughs) Pretty much every day in this record store, we mention the words Sonic Youth at least once. Wait, tattoos? Oh yeah, we both do. Yeah, yeah. Okay, you guys, I think we're like all a match made in heaven because (laughs) my favorite artist is Prince and I have a Prince tattoo. So clearly different different artists, but we're on the same vibe. I love it. Actually, I think Prince comes up about as much as Sonic Youth, I have to say. Nearly as often, pretty much every (laughs) episode. (laughs) I, I have to ask Marcy, if you're comfortable, could you tell us what your Prince tattoo is? It's just the symbol. Oh, that's fantastic. Uh, yes, cool. And I got it when he first, first, first decided to change his name officially to the symbol. That's fantastic. And, that, that's yeah. so like, just like simple and classy. I dig it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's cool. What about you guys? Now I got to know. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, mine is um, after Sonic Youth broke up, I was very, very sad. And so for the longest time, I was like planning this like in memoriam tattoo, kind of like mm-hmm. um Kind of like a, you know, when like someone dies or something. So I got um, the washing machine from their album washing machine and wrapped around it is a banner that has like the date that they started as a band and the date they ended as a band. And my tattoo artist was very confused, but (laughs) she dug it. Actually, the same tattoo artist that did his did mine. Mine is mine just says Sonic Youth, but it says it in the script from the album Goo. Yeah. So yeah. Nice. But, spe- cool. but speaking of washing machine, uh, that is where mine comes from. My number three, Little Trouble Girl by Sonic Youth, featuring Kim Deal from the 1995 album Washing Machine. If you want me to, I will be the one. You had to get Sonic Youth in there somehow. Had to. <laughs> so good. It has to be mentioned all the time. Uh, I love how out of character this song is. Like it's got kind of like a, a Phil Spectory kind of vibe in the, in the production does. and the songwriting. Um, I also, uh, I, I remember a couple of stories I saw that were pretty funny. One was that when uh, Entertainment Weekly was first re- like reviewing this and like talking about the album way back in 95, they mm-hmm. called it a teen pregnancy lullaby. <laughs> and I, I, wow. I, I was like, huh, I, I guess I, that makes sense. I haven't thought about it in that way, but I guess it does. And so based on that, I actually looked up like Kim Gordon's quote on it to kind of like balance that weird thing. And and here's what she said about it. She said uh, she was uh, it was all about uh, wanting to be seen for who you really are and being able to express those parts that aren't a good girl, but that are just as like real and true. So like being a little trouble girl is still being a woman. It's still like as much of, of everything else you do, but it's it's part of the bigger picture, you know? And, um, you know, we can talk about Kim Gordon all day, every day, but, uh, she's the greatest. Awesome. (laughs) This list is really turning out to be a good, like, you know, feminist power list you got here. Yeah. Yeah. Surprisingly. (laughs) So I I, I haven't been aiming for that. Let's see. Does the next one actually, the next one kind of goes with that too. So interesting. I'll just roll into my number two. My number two is I've seen it all by Bjork featuring Tom York from the 2000 album Selma Songs. Great. Fucking Bjork. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> 
York's another person Amazing. we talk about nearly every day in this record store because how can you not when how you're talking you about not? when you're talking about the best she's going to come up a lot you know yeah did you have you ever seen her live yes oh <sighs> no it's oh. no I haven't either I'm like so like jealous Seth that you've seen her what was it like it was it, it was amazing um I went to a very yeah. specific show it was the cornucopia show actually I think a year or two up in New York when she was playing that um art center as like a residency and so like the entire stage was like built around this one performance and like costume changes and choirs and the, there was this there's this one instrument okay picture a flute okay but the flute is a full circle it's not like a you know a stick it's 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 a it's a circle joined with itself it lowers from the ceiling and it's probably i'm going to say oh 6 feet in diameter and so oh, then wow. multiple people go around the little mouth holes on the flute, all blowing at the same time, making this weird circular air thing to what? like, it, I mean, that's what I'm saying. Bjork's the greatest. She had a reverb chamber built on the stage. She didn't turn the reverb on on her mic. She went into this weird pod as if she was like in the movie <laughs> The Fly and just started singing inside this giant cocoon to create the reverb in real time right there. I mean, wow. it's fucking it's Bjork. Crazy. Bjork's the greatest. That's unreal. Oh. Unreal. I think she, in a lot of ways, like she's underrated. People don't yes. like just hearing that story. Right. Who does that? Who yeah. does that? Yeah. Like that's an ethnomusicologist, <laughs> like ethnomusicologist dream to be able to like look at something like that. Like, why did you do that? What yeah. was the purpose? Like, that's amazing. She, she's, she's just a wonderful person. <laughs> like, like she yeah. makes me so happy and I'm so glad that she's <laughs> in our world making these wonderful things. And, um, a very brief thing I remember learning about this song in particular, the I've seen it all, because obviously it's from the movie uh, Dancer in the Dark. And so in the movie, she she's doing the duet with the actor, which is uh, Peter Stormare, I think. But um, when she is doing the version on the album, she wanted to go and she, she, she had admired Tom York for the longest time and been like, okay, you're one of my favorite vocalists. I need you to come do this with me. It's going to be tons of fun. It'll be like the first time we finally got together to do this collaboration. It's going to be great. And so she was like off in one place. He was in one place. And she was like, oh, well, just, you know, phone it in. You can literally just like record it on your own, send it to me, and then I'll, I'll put them together. It's no problem. And he's like, no, if I'm going to do this, we're going to do it right. And so he like went with her. They like were there together in the studio for like four days. Like it, it was all this whole experience to make sure that they were actually collaborating and that if mm -hmm. he was in on this, he was in 100% and he was going to make sure that this was working out. And I don't know. It's just wonderful. I, I, I love both of them so, so much. And I, I was so glad that we actually got this really nice chunk. And I, I believe it was also nominated for an Oscar for Best Picture Movie Song Movie from a Film. <laughs> one Best Original Song in a Movie. Anyway. Wow. Yeah. Cool. All right. And my number one. My number one is going to be... Um, uh, I, I guess I'll, I'll say... I. It's probably a little obscure, but I think it's really, really good. So I hope anyone that can hear my voice goes and looks it up because it's really, 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 really good. So number one, the song is Boy Girl by Jenny Beth and Julian Casablancas. And it's from the 2015 single, Boy Girl. Go, 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 go. So 
So what this is, is a cover of a Sort Saul song. Sort Saul is a Denmark-based band, and um, they're not very popular. That you know, I, mean, I think over there in Europe, they are you know a cult band that is popular enough and ha- has their following. But they did a duet with Lydia Lunch from like the New York no wave scene, and basically. It's just a single that they put out, and I think in 1984. And so when this came out, it did its thing. People who enjoy Lydia Lunch and Sort Saul came across it and thought it was great. But then years, years, years later, Julian Casablancas's band, The Voids, were doing like the um, you know the, the circuit of uh, festivals and all that kind of stuff. And uh, Jenny Beth's band, Savages, were or is it Savage? No, it's Savages. Yeah, it's plural. <laughs> uh, Jenny Beth's band, Savages, was doing the same thing. They were touring the the same festivals. So they met each other. They realized they had a lot in common. They really liked everything, and they were both just like, let's do something together. I don't know where it'll fit and what it'll be, but let's just do something, okay? And so Jenny Beth brought this song to him. He'd never heard it before. And he's like, cool, let's do it. And so they just kicked out this cover that it has so much energy and so much drive. And it's just two minutes of power right in your face. And it just, it's punchy, it's fun, and it's fleeting because it's not part of an album. It's not part of any kind of existing relationship or ongoing relationship between two artists. It's just a quick two-minute punch of fun that existed once and then disappeared. And I love it. I absolutely love it. It's one of those, like, um, I'm sure you guys know this too. Like, basically, you have, like, almost like a back pocket full of, like, secret songs that if you ever need to, like, kick off a party or get people really excited or kind of show something to someone that they've never heard before but you know they're going to like it, like, it's guaranteed. This is one of my, like, back pocket songs where I just know anyone who hears it's going to love it. But um, it's great stuff. Cool. I've actually never heard it, so yeah. now I'm going to have to listen to it. It's it's a lot of fun. It's amazing because like there's not very often times where I hear like a bunch of music I've never heard before. So you just gave me all this great material to go in and dig now and like <laughs> discover. I get excited when I hear about stuff I've never heard before. No, I, that's cool. that's why we play this game. It's uh, it, it's fun to hear. That if someone loves it so much that it goes into their top five, you know it's good. You know what I mean? Like, even if it's not your thing, you know that the quality is very high. (laughs) So uh, that's why I love playing this game. Um, Now, in fact, Marcy, I believe it's your turn next. So uh, let's all take a quick little coffee break, uh, you know. Okay. Uh, We'll we'll all... uh, cool down for a second Marcy you go around the store you gather up your five records and then we'll come back here we'll play them and we'll talk about them let's go hi it's Allie Wentworth a middle-aged woman with a lot of questions and a lot of answers I have pulled out of my tush as host of go ask Allie my listeners want more so we are digging in It's real, it's honest, open, and unexpected, and sometimes amusing. Can you start with your infamous $19,000 haircut? Yes, and this is a great story I I feel about mothers and daughters with a dream and an empty bank account. Just a few of our fabulous guests this season are New York Times bestselling author Isabel Gillies, writer and Oprah's favorite life coach Martha Beck, and former editor of People magazine Jess Cagle. If we know intimate details about another person, then that person is socially important to us. Okay, so that's what you like to gossip about. Wait, what do you gossip about? All new episodes of Go Ask Alley release every Thursday. Listen to Go Ask Alley on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
everybody. I'm Colleen Wolf from Thursday Night Football and Good Morning Football Weekend. And I'm Ricky Hollywood from around the NFL and the broadcast. On our new podcast, Split Ends, Ricky and I will be coming to you every week to talk about all the important and unimportant storylines in the football world. Join us every week for the stories on and off the field that matter. And some don't, but we think they're interesting, so we're going to talk about them anyway. And we'll find out where in the world is the wolf. Yep, I live out of a suitcase and I'll be sharing stories from football cities across America. We'll break down games, news stories, tweets, interviews, TikToks, conspiracy theories, whatever it takes to cover the ins and outs of the NFL world. Whether the big story is a coaching change or a stadium plumbing issue, we're here to talk you through it. Just a couple of best friends talking ball. Yep, and we'll drag some of our other friends to join us too. NFL media members, players, your mom, you name it. Listen to Split Ends on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The reviews are in, and audiences agree. iHeartRadio's number one podcast, Aftershock, is the show you need to binge. Michaela! She's not gonna make it to the mainland by herself. Five stars. I love it. It's hard to find a podcast that is truly immersive, and this one takes the cake. Ask me if I care who died on that island. The art of a roller coaster. So many ups and downs, twists and turns. Five stars. Someone's running towards us. Get to the boat now. Has me at the edge of my seat. Everyone that hears me listening to it stops to listen and then subscribes themselves. You owe me. After what you did, you owe me the truth. Heart-stopping and the cast. I can't wait for more. This place is gonna collapse. Straps us in and makes us think we're coasting along and we're really racing to an abrupt end. You're gonna come with me and we are gonna take you apart piece by piece. Aftershock starring Sarah Wayne Callies, David Harbour and Jeffrey Dean Morgan. Come to the island and binge the series everyone is talking about. Follow it on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. All quotes taken from actual user reviews. Okay, we are back. Uh, we're playing the high fidelity game. We're doing the top five duets. Uh, I've gone, and now Marcy Dupina. Dupina? Dupina. Dupina. Yeah. <laughs> It's funny. You've mentioned to me before, people want to throw the Enya on the end. They do. But, they do. But no, D-Pina. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> I get it. I mean, and listen, my, it, P-I-N-A without the teal over it, the Pina. Mm-hmm. Pina is a pineapple, which sounds pretty cool. Yeah. Well, Pina in Portuguese, which is where the name comes from, is a pine tree. Oh. Not quite as exciting as a pineapple. I don't know. I mean, the They're pineapple. They're pretty seems- cool. <laughs> but you can't eat a pine tree. <laughs> you know, this is this is gonna sound wild, but I have in a small way. You no. can if you're out camping and you want like a nice cup of tea, but you don't have any tea bags, take some fresh pine needles, throw it in some boiling water, and it makes a pretty good tea. Just saying. Really? <laughs> yeah. It's it's interesting. It's a, li- it's a little like camping, you're bored, you want some tea, but you don't have any tea bags kind of remedy, <laughs> but it's it's pretty good. <laughs> wow. You learn something new every day. I have yeah. absolutely no idea. <laughs> but now I'm now I know. Survival skills are very important. <laughs> this has to be one of the hardest lists I've ever made. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I cannot wait to hear it. I'm 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 so excited to see what, what you're gonna throw at us. Uh <laughs> kick, kick us off. Number five. Go for it. 
Okay. So I, like you, I had like some parameters that I had to keep myself within. So I wasn't like in this rabbit hole of duets for like the next, you know, like since we talked until now. So I took all of the international songs off the table Mm. because that was just, it was just too much. I mean, literally I was, yeah, it was just a lot. And I was like, nobody's going to know these songs anyway. So let's keep (laughs) it. So that was one thing. The other thing was like songs that no matter, not only do I love them, but no matter when I hear them, they automatically transport me to a space and time. Like that was really important because there's a lot of fun duets. Like I thought about songs, you know, when you're growing up, but then there's like these certain songs that when you hear them, they just put you right into that place. So that was the other thing. And, you know, it's funny that you mentioned hip hop, right? Because there's so many hip hop, what could be considered a duet because mm-hmm. somebody's singing the hook and actually one of those made it into my top five. Nice. But we'll, we'll get into that because it's, <laughs> it's not number five, but um, I also made sure that if it was a duet, like if it was really a duet, like mm-hmm. that it really, if you took out one of the people, like the song would not be able to stand on its own. That right. was the criteria that I used, but this was like so, 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 so hard. But let's get into it. You guys are going to laugh at my uh, at my selection. So number five, Don't Go Breaking My Heart, <gasps> Elton John and Kiki D, 1976. Right from the start. why the song is just I this song reminds me of being a kid like whenever the song would come on all of my mother's cousins aunts like everybody would just like burst into song and somebody would invariably like grab like a you know like a a a hairbrush or a wooden spoon and everybody started duetting with each other like it just is such a fun song and then if you watch Drag Race at all, you know that RuPaul and Elton John did a new version of it, which I thought was even more interesting and fun, just kind of speaking to the um, timelessness of the song. Yeah. That even decades later, it's still like I, I brought it up maybe about two months ago and to my son and he's like, oh, yeah, I know that song. And I'm like, yeah, it's Elton John and Kiki D. And he's like, no, that's RuPaul that's in that song. <laughs> <laughs> like, first of all, how do you know that? Okay. But it just speaks to the timeless nature of the song. That even when you had, you know, a new player in the game, so to speak, um, it still was, you know, it worked and it was it was very popular and it it's like an earworm. It gets stuck in your head. <laughs> oh, for sure. No, no, that, that dude, he is a magical little creature that he can make... <laughs> Those songs so catchy, so universal, and and so likable. Like there are a lot of catchy songs that aren't likable. His catchy songs you like, you know, immediately. It, yeah. it, it's it's a magic trick. I don't know how he does it. Yeah, he is like that's a great way to describe him. He is like a little magician, but instead of a like a flute, like who is the guy with the flute that uh, brought all the rats oh, out? Yeah, yeah, the Pied Piper. The Pied Piper. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pied Piper. Instead, he has the piano. But like, there's he has some of my all time favorite songs. Like, I love Benny and the Jets. That's For sure. Like, yeah. No matter so where. Yeah, it's so good. So good. I mean, he's he's a, a master at his craft. So that was my number five. Love it. Classic. Classic. Yeah. Do it. Number four was hard because I had two choices, but but I'm I'm gonna go with. As you can see, I'm still on the fence. About <laughs> I'm like, hmm. okay, I'm gonna go with Heaven Knows 
by Donna Summer and Brooklyn Dreams. It's from the On the Radio compilation. Again, we're in the 70s still. Sorry, guys. No, love it. 79. And what I love about this song is they actually mirror each other. Like, you know, they, Donna will sing one verse and then Brooklyn Dreams will sing, sing, actually just repeat and say her same line, but in this really cool masculine voice. And I love Donna Summer. I loved the disco era, um, even though I wasn't, you know, partying to it and all of that. When I hear those songs now, they just all bring such really good feelings. And I know, you know, people have their feelings about disco. They burnt the records and all of that. <laughs> but it's like a time capsule of yeah. a, a time when things were a little bit more simple. Mm -hmm. And it's almost like that was the end of those times. You know, once the 80s came around, I think things changed significantly. So 1979, uh, Brooklyn Dreams and Donna Summer, Heaven Knows. Do you guys know that song? I don't. I don't. Obviously, I know I, the artists, but I can't picture the song right now. I can't picture the song either, but I love Donna Summer, so I'm glad that she made it into your list. Yeah, you, you have to check out the song because it's kind of an obscure one. Mm -hmm. Like, you don't hear it that often. Like, if you live in the New York area, you'll hear it from time to time. But, like, in general, it's a little bit sort of obscure. Nice. Um, my other, like, favorite duets with Donna Summer was the Barbra Streisand. Mm-hmm song which is amazing so yeah that was this was a hard choice <laughs> that was my number four cool cool okay number three i'm still around the same era fire and desire rick james and tina marie just put your arms around me and hold me like you used to That's from 1981 Street Songs. They had a terrific run of duets. Um, Tina Marie, known as a, the blue-eyed soul singer, and of course the <laughs> extremely flamboyant and crazy Rick James that uh, even if you don't know him, if you know Dave Chappelle and the Chappelle Show, <laughs> yeah. I'm Rick James, bitch! <laughs> Everybody kind of knows that, but that's one of those songs that it's just an epic ballad. It's epic, and it's like... You know, when I was a kid, this now I was a kid when this was out. Um, I was like, oh, I want to fall in love like that. Right. <laughs> so when I hear that song, even now, I think to myself, I want somebody to make me feel like that, which is a really tall order. Right. <laughs> yeah. To give. But um, they're, you know, they're run uh, as, you know, two artists that just collaborated so well together was epic i mean it's just it's just like again it's almost like a time capsule of an entire era of excess and craziness um and that's um from the street songs so that was my number three nice i love tina marie so much square biz is my jam i love square biz <laughs> she's so good she's there's so a good there's a um a video out that you can find I saw it on IG actually on Instagram and it's her performing Deja Vu, which is like one of my all time favorite songs of hers. And she is just at the piano. It's just her in the oh. piano. And it's so cool to be able to see her. She's like super young. Um, that song is so ethereal. And just to see her with the piano, like her voice is so 
magnificent that her voice actually like completely takes over the piano at one point. It's like, as if you can't even hear the piano, her, her voice is just so incredible. Um, yeah. I'm going to have to follow you so you can send me that link and then we can share it in the discord too. <laughs> yeah. That sounds fun. Cool. I'll definitely do that. Okay. So, you know, Prince had to make it into here. <gasps> <Yay. laughs> so then this was hard too, because a lot of his songs that, are, that could be kind of considered duets aren't really, in my opinion, duets. It's like somebody made a cameo, like, you know, he made a cameo on Sheila E's song mm-hmm. or, um, you know, he made, she, somebody made a cameo on his song, but Number two, Nothing Compares to You, the Prince version, which oh. is the original version with Rosie Gaines, who was a member of the New Power Generation. Um, beautiful singer. Rosie! What? You want to have fun no matter what you do. You want to tell me why? Um, most people know that song that was recorded in 1985 on the Prince Prince album. And most people know that song from Sinead O'Connor, who really popularized it. But it's it's a Prince song. There's apparently some controversy there about their relationship. If you guys <laughs> remember that drama. But um, Rosie Gaines and I really actually I love the Sinead version. It was haunting. Mm-hmm. Um, and she that video was like so incredible. And her voice is beautiful. But I still prefer the Prince version and Rosie Gaines and Prince. There's not that many people that can go toe to toe with Prince, but Rosie Gaines did it and she did it really well. So that's my number two. Nice. When when you were saying you were gonna get you were about to do a Prince song, like my, my mind was like spinning through the Rolodex of like what what <laughs> yeah. what Prince what 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 is this gonna be? And, and that's that's a great one. That's a great choice. Because what did you come up with when you were thinking of it? Like what were you thinking? Everyone I I thought of. I, basically, it felt like backing bands. You know what I mean? Like, like, like he had, he worked with backing singers all the time. You know, and, and like different proteges came and went and did all kinds of things. But he was always the star. But you're right. Nothing compares to you. They're both basically singing at the same time, doing those really like close harmonies and stuff. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah, no, no, you you picked it. <laughs> you got it. You would call that a duet. Okay, I would, good. Definitely. I'm glad. I'm glad I met the duet criteria because I, that was. I think like, so. Because yeah. Yeah, yeah, they they are singing right on top of each other. Pretty Pretty much the whole time. If you lost one of them, that would be a very different song. <laughs> yeah, it would be right. Yeah. I, I don't, I, and I like the idea of that song as a duet. Mm-hmm. Like you know, as I mentioned, Sinead's um, rendition is so beautiful. But I, I really, I don't know. There was something about it being a duet that added another layer of meaning to it that you don't get when it's a solo song. Yeah, it's a lot more i don't i mean it's sad no matter what right it's not exactly a happy song um but when you hear the two sides of it it gets it's it's richer in my opinion no i I know Um, exactly what you mean because like think about um earlier we're talking about uh, don't go breaking my heart you have two people and in your mind you are placing like a relationship role on it and you're saying these two people in a relationship are talking to one another this is what they're saying don't go breaking my heart i couldn't if i tried blah 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 da 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 it's going back and forth back and mm-hmm. forth when you have two people singing nothing compares to you you have two people like mutually kind of saying it to each other and there is sort of like a relationship in that song happening in real time with Sinead O'Connor's version she's singing it into the void she she it, it might be completely unrequited it might just be this very very sad nothing where she's saying it to someone and that person is not saying anything back at least in the prince version it's a communication it's two people mm-hmm. saying it to each other in a literal way if not in like a metaphorical you know thematic way 
And that's exactly how it feels. Yeah. I just have to give credit where credit is due though. That Sinead, I don't think she was singing into the void. She was singing it with feeling to the person who, you know, had made her feel that way. Yes. You know what I mean? Like, and I, I actually just put that, uh, on one of our yeah, like, recent a, games like a week as ago, well. we were playing yeah, like uh, top ago. five <laughs> cover songs. And, oh, how fun! And, yeah, and that one made it and, on there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but the Prince version is really good as well. For sure, of course. Oh, that's so cool. <laughs> that's so I, yeah. I love Sinead. Um, I always I'm like, what happened to her? I mean, I know what happened to her, but I'm like, yeah. I really wish that she had put out more more work because she was so incredible. Um, I wanted to just say it was so funny. You're talking about Prince, like always having like like a backup singer, or somebody in the band, kind mm-hmm. of adding to. Um, one of my favorite singers of all time, songwriters, is Stevie Nicks. I absolutely love Stevie Nicks, and um. She has that song Stand Back, which was one of her later songs um, after she had had such massive success as a solo artist. And every time I would hear it, I'm like, this sounds so different. It doesn't sound like a typical Stevie Nicks song. And, you know, I'm like a geek, so I'm like looking through all the notes. And that Prince was one of the writers of that. So it's a really funny story because apparently he just like called her out of the blue and was like, hey, you know, like, let's collaborate. And she was like, this is Prince. And he's like, yeah, let's get together and collaborate. And then she, he was like, what are you working on? And he showed her this song, Stand Back. And he was like, no, 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 no. How about you add this? And he added that, the the whole um, piano, Mm. the chords there, which completely changed the song. And I'm like, yeah, it makes sense. That's why that song has that funkiness to it that is not typical of Stevie Nicks songs. So, um, Prince, the, another little magician there, yeah. oh, could definitely. come in and <laughs> sprinkle his fairy dust on anything and make it fabulous. That's true. I was actually going to put You Got the Look on my list, but I talk about Prince literally all the time and put <laughs> Prince in my lists all the time. So I figured I would not do that this time. <laughs> <laughs> He's so good. Have you guys seen him in concert live? No. no. Have you? So, yeah. And I'm so grateful that I did. For sure. Uh, it's funny, like it was during the emancipation um, tour and friends of mine surprised me and bought tickets for me for my birthday. And it was at this theater in New Jersey, uh, the PNC Art Center, which is an outdoor amphitheater. So it was like outdoor. It was a full moon. He had on the chaps. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, oh yeah. He he danced on top of the piano. You know, I mean, it was it was unbelievable. It was so, 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 so good. And I'm glad because I never had the opportunity to see him again. There was one time there used to be this nightclub in the city called in New York City called um, Nels, which was like a place where a lot of people would go and jam afterwards. And um, one night we we're hanging out there and we left and my friends called me the next day and were like, you're never going to believe what happened. Like what? They're like, yeah, Prince was in town and he just came in and just started jamming. Oof. Like, I couldn't believe that I wow. missed it. Yeah. I was like, what? Yeah. You know, like, that's crazy. So I'm glad I got to see him. That's, you know, I would have definitely been something that I regretted had it not happened. Okay, number one. Dun, dun, dun. Okay, I hope you guys think this is a duet. I feel like it is because I just can't, like I told you, my criteria is if you took out one of these people, would the song be the same? So it's a hip hop song. It's All I Need by Method Man and Mary J. Blige. <laughs> Keep it real with me, I'll keep it real with you. Loving your whole streets and be in there, boo. On top of that, you got the good power, you. <laughs> nice. 1994. This was actually my wedding song. Whoa! Wow. I love 
love it. That's so cool. Yes. It was my wedding song. It was pretty funny actually dancing to this for your wedding song. Yeah. It worked. And <laughs> it's still one of my all-time favorite songs. I can't imagine if you took out Mary J. It just it just doesn't work. Yeah. No, no, but, yeah. but you're right. There is like um, much. So, so we're talking about duets. We're talking about like that, like back and forth kind of like conversation happening in it. You're right. This song has that conversation. Uh, I was trying to think of other ones and you're, uh, it made me think of what was that Ja Rule one where he had that same kind of conversation? Ashante. Yes. Mm-hmm. Ashanti. Yeah, they had like a whole bunch of them. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, so you're right. Like that does feel like a duet. It does feel yeah. like that conversation back and forth. I'm saying this, you're saying that, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Huh. That's interesting. But yeah, no, I, I, I think you've you've proven that duets can definitely involve a rapper. So that's pretty cool. It can happen, guys. <laughs> there was another one that was on my list, but I was like, no, that's not really a duet. It was like uh, Jay-Z and Mariah uh, Carey? Michael Jackson. Oh, no, that Jay-Z one and, too. Yeah, yeah, Rock My World. But I'm like, this doesn't really feel like a duet. This is like Michael recorded the song and Jay-Z just slapped a verse on it. Yeah. Right. Like, it's not the same. Because I was thinking the same thing about uh, Mariah Carey. What's the one where she's in the movie theater and she's running around and there's like an evil Mariah? Jay-Z, Heartbreaker. Yes. Yes, Heartbreaker. Remember the remix of that yes. has Jay-Z in it. And that yes. one also kind of feels like that. But what? But just like you said, it feels like it's a slapped on verse. It doesn't feel right. like you, you can snip it out and the song doesn't need Jay-Z. So yeah, interesting. I, yeah. I thought about um, Sierra and Ludacris with Ride, but also one you could consider maybe a duet is um, Gwen Stefani and Eve. Oh yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah it's right. kind of a oh, singer hip hop moment. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Yep. I dig yep, it. That was a really good one. And I think, too, the Mariah Carey, you mentioned Mariah Carey in ODB. Oh, yeah. That, yeah, I remember that, that song. had a very, like, duetty kind of feel, too. I mean, he was, you know, it was also that he put the verse on there, but it gave yeah. me a little bit of, like, as if they may have been together when they recorded it. Right. They probably weren't. Or maybe that's just, like, my my fantasy, no pun intended. <laughs> I'm like, Ryan ODB nice. in, the, in the studio together. That, must, that would be, like, a pretty wild scene, I'm sure. I'd love to but, see yeah. that. And then I also just thought about um, there's this really great collaborative album between um, a, a husband and wife MC team, which is uh, Quelle Chris and uh, Jean Grey. And uh, I, I wonder great. if uh, if I listen to that right now with duet in mind, if I could find a track on there that I would consider a duet. Because mm-hmm. on paper, I wouldn't. But based on what we're saying right now, maybe I could. So that, mm-hmm. yeah, that's interesting. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We're learning so many things about duets. We are learning so many things. <laughs> when I was thinking about like duets, like when I going through this, like so many, like from the seventies and the sixties and then the whole Motown era, right? Mm-hmm. There's so yes. many good ones. I actually purposely just put all those to the side. Cause I was like, how do you like differentiate what is better than the, okay, let's just get out of this so era completely. It's too hard. I mean, Marvin Gaye alone, like right. had so many duets. So I was like, okay, we're going to put this to the side. Yeah. <laughs> a, a big one. Mm-hmm. I had to put put aside was Dolly Parton because which no, one? Oh, well, first of all, all of them? obviously, um, um, <laughs> Islands in the Stream. That's Islands in the Stream. That's a fucking killer. But in addition to that, um, I have gosh, it's got to be six albums worth of uh, her with a uh, 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 Wagner. Porter, uh, what's his name? Porter uh, Wagner. Yeah, yeah, yes. with Porter Wagner. And, yes. Um, what, what am I going to do? How am I going to sort through that? <laughs> so I just didn't. I just ignored Dolly for this list just to just to save time. <laughs> yeah. Smart. Yeah. Well, well hey, yeah. Tara, here comes your list. I'm excited. 
So, uh, yeah, yeah. Here, I'm let's ready. Take, let's take another quick little break. Tara, you go gather up your records. And we'll all come back and uh, finish this off. The NFL created Crucial Catch because early cancer detection can save lives. At the height of the COVID-19 pandemic, some cancer screenings declined by 90%. Now, doctors are diagnosing later stage cancers, which could have been detected sooner. Don't wait. Remind a loved one and talk to your doctor about getting screened. It takes all of us to intercept cancer. Visit nfl.com slash crucial catch to learn more. In this season of Unobscured, we will follow Grigory Rasputin's transformation from a peasant at the crossroads of history to a monster at the center of far too many legends. And in the process, learn how he took the weight of a fallen empire with him to the grave. Elite aristocratic society in Russia at the time was fascinated with very spiritualist leaders, with gurus, and there was this desire to seek alternate ways of connecting with reality that traditional religion and the church were unable to explain to people who were seeking answers to sort of these life's questions that seemed to have this pressing urgency right around 1900. Join us as we make our way into the burning palaces of Imperial Russia, to dig up the truth about Grigory Rasputin. Unobscured Season 4 is available now. Listen and subscribe on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Hi, friends. I'm Hector Navarro. And I'm Frankie Grande. We're your hosts for SpongeBob Binge Pants, Nickelodeon's podcast celebrating all things SpongeBob Universe. We have the privilege that not many SpongeBob fans get. This being an official Nickelodeon podcast, we get to interview the brilliant humans behind the names we've all been reading in those credits for over 20 years. This is a podcast by fans for fans. Listen to SpongeBob Binge Pants on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Okay, we're back. We're still playing the High Fidelity game. I've gone. Marcy's gone. Now it's Tara's turn, and we're still doing top five duets. Tara, hit us with it. Yeah, this was really hard. Um, There's just so many duets, so many things to consider. I think I followed pretty much the same guidelines as you, Seth, unintentionally without knowing Mm -hmm. ahead of time. But um, yeah, I think I've kind of followed those same guidelines. Yeah, so I guess I'll just jump right in. Uh, my number five is Nick Cave and Kylie Minogue with Where the Wild Roses Grow. For my name was Eliza Day. From the first day I saw her, I knew she was the one. Oh, such a good one. I'm so glad that oh, made it. That is so good. Yes. From 1995's album Murder Ballads, um, also inspired by Murder Ballads in general, he wrote the song and definitely had her in mind, which I thought was really cool. And they're both Australian. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, it's such a a spooky song, but her voice is so, you know, kind of sweet on it. Yeah. It's good. I I like her. Yeah. She's one of my favorites. And then with murder ballads in general, that makes perfect sense that he has like that craggly, like, and she is, like you said, her her voice is like sugar. Her voice is very, very saccharine in a good way. And so 
that that paired together. That that was another thing I kept thinking about with my with my duets is I've definitely heard duets in my mind where I'm like, holy shit, these voices together are killing me. Mm-hmm. Like just like this combination. And I'm not sure if I tackled any specifically that I wanted to think of, but that's a, that's a great one. We're like two very disparate voices coming together to make something mm-hmm. something even better by combining, you know? Yeah, Amazing. yeah, yeah. Oh, another thing I wanted to add about the things that I've chosen or songs that I've chosen is that I did try to um, stray away from going for who I usually go for. So you won't oh. hear Bjork on here. You won't hear <laughs> Prince on here. No Sonic Youth. Those are like, I'm always doing that. So I I kind of tried to not, try to stay true to myself, mm-hmm. but yet not choose those obvious ones. So hopefully it's still a very interesting list. <laughs> um, so my number four is Peter Gabriel and Kate Bush, Don't Give Up from 1986. But no Yeah, my original thought was, okay, I really wanted to do um, The Blood of Eden with Sinead O'Connor, Peter Gabriel. But if you listen to the song, Sinead's really only singing on the chorus. So I Mm. had to definitely go for the Kate Bush one um, because she definitely has her own verses. And yeah, if if you follow that rule of taking someone out, is it still a duet? It'd probably be a totally different song. So yeah, don't give up. And actually, I learned some stuff about this song um, that uh, when he wrote it, he was inspired by Depression era photographs of Dorothea Lange. And um, so then he he wrote the song um, talking about isolation, loneliness, despair, etc. But um, since he wrote it with the reference point of American Roots, he actually asked Dolly Parton if she would sing on it. And oh. she said, no. What? But we got Kate Bush, which is cool yeah. also. But yeah. yeah. And and I actually, I wanted to put Island uh, in the stream in here on my list, but, you know, I just felt like it was maybe a little too obvious, so I didn't. So I'm mm-hmm. glad that Dolly Parton is still finding her way into the conversation. A couple yeah. times she has, so I'm so glad. Because I'm from Tennessee, and Dolly's my girl. So. <laughs> She's everybody's girl. Mm-hmm. She's like she a is. in my head. Yeah. <laughs> Patron Saint Dolly. Yeah. <laughs> I'm also glad that uh, Kate Bush seems to be getting a lot more attention these days, too. Like, like I'm not sure what it is, like what what's in the air, but I feel like a lot of people are very openly talking about how great Kate Bush is these days. Like, um, I wish I could remember where, where I saw this. So I'm just going to throw it in and allegedly because I don't remember <laughs> to cite my source here. Um <laughs> Uh, apparently Big Boy is working really hard on making a collaborative album with Kate Bush right now. Oh, wow. And I would love to hear that. That sounds like the best thing I've ever heard. Where where is this, you know? He's obsessed with her. Yeah, (laughs) because I really dug, um, he had this project a while with Fantagram called uh, Big Grams that I really loved. So so he's, he can do that. He can pull off yeah. that collaborative, melodic hip hop, like combination really, really well. So I would yeah. love a big boy and a Kate Bush album. That would be the greatest. So I, I hope that happens. I'm here for it. Yeah. Did you know that um, the wireless stage mic was kind of invented because of her? She wanted wow. to be dancing around the stage um, <laughs> on tour and- <laughs> Some, I guess, sound engineer was like, oh, yeah, we can 
you know, rig something up for you. And hence the wireless mic was born. <laughs> Thank oh, you, no. Kate Bush. Yeah, really. Your contribution to sound engineering. <laughs> That's great. Yeah, I just love that story. All right. Number three is a fun one. Um, it is from 1984. Again, all of these are, yeah, I guess the Kylie Minogue ones from the 90s, late 90s, 95. So the last two have been from the 80s. And that is Philip Bailey from Earth, Wind & Fire and Phil Collins from Genesis, Easy Lover. Great song. Great it's song. such a fun song. Such a great song. Such a great it's, song. It's a banger. <laughs> it will make you move or bob your head or something. Yeah, it's it's so fun. And actually, I just learned this too, that it was used as a theme song for their first WrestleMania event in what? 1985. <laughs> what? How? Who? Why? Why? <laughs> I don't lover, know. I don't know. I don't get the correlation there. <laughs> was like, it maybe like a wrestler who had lover in his name or something? I have no idea. Like, otherwise, you think that they would, I know. Like, why didn't they just use Guns N' Roses or something like that? Like, why Easy wow. Lover? So random. Yeah, that's funny. <laughs> it does kind of start out like super epic. Yeah. yeah. You know, maybe that's why. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I love that song. Um, all right. Uh, number two, dang, we're flying through this, um, is, it's kind of an obvious one. I think this one is probably on many, many lists of duets, but it's, uh, by Lee Hazelwood and Nancy Sinatra, Some Velvet Morning. Yeah, um, he wrote it. I love it so much. He wrote it. Um, but then it was on her album and then they did the whole Nancy and Lee thing right after that. But just like the juxtaposition of both of their parts, mm -hmm. his is very just like spaghetti Western, very like, uh, kind of monotone in a way, but just like dull. And then all of a sudden hers comes in and it's her part comes in. It's more like psychedelic and dreamy and ethereal, um, but it's not like they're talking to each other. They're kind of talking about totally different things, but it's all in one song. Yeah. Yeah. Do you know the year on that one? Uh, 67, actually. Wow. Yeah. Oh, wow. We made it to the 60s. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I like that. I think that's our oldest one so far. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I also good. think Nancy Sinatra is finally starting to get more credit these days. It, it's weird how like people and the attention and credit they receive goes in like these weird cycles. And yeah. like suddenly it's like, hey, don't forget Nancy Sinatra. You know, right. like that's I've heard that a lot more lately and that makes me happy. You know, I guess anyone getting credit for being a great musician is good. <laughs> Always good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that one's pretty epic. And then. All right. We're on my number one song. Whoa. Uh, and that is from 1994, The Jesus and Mary Chain with Hope Sandoval, Sometimes Always. Very nice. I did not expect us to get some Jesus and Mary Chain on this list. That's killer. <laughs> you know, nice. what's funny is I actually had Hope Sandoval on my list twice and then I was like you know what no I'm taking this out 
Uh, and it was the uh, Hope Sandoval and the Warm Inventions with um, Kurt Vile, mm. Let Me Get There. Yeah. But I just decided, yeah, I don't need to have two Hope Sandoval songs on here. <laughs> you know, Kurt but Vile was so- actually on my short lists. That's funny that Kurt Vile, well, I'll, I'll tell you that one later, please. Let's let's talk about yeah. Jesus and Mary Chain first. <laughs> I mean, really, there's nothing more that I can say except for that it's my favorite duet of all time and just that I'm always wishing that any karaoke place would have it, but yeah. no one ever does have it. Wait, wait, say again? <laughs> no, I never oh, no find place this. Has it. Yeah, I yeah. never find this in the catalog of karaoke places. No, I agree with that. Karaoke yeah. doesn't have the songs you want. To never. Be that so place. frustrating. Oh, yeah. So frustrating. That's Especially like, when you're like dead set on it. You know, oh, yeah. like, yes, I'm going to sing my song. No, like uh, David Bowie is my go-to uh, artist for karaoke. And I almost only ever get... Um, a space oddity. That's usually the only one they have on, which is fine. I'll do space Not oddity. Let's I don't dance mind. Or... No, no. Maybe I'm just going to bad karaoke spots. But oh, yeah. many <laughs> times I go in, I'm like, all right, David Bowie. And it's just like space oddity. And that's it. Weird. It's very weird. You would think, speaking of duets, like David Bowie and Queen doing under pressure. Oh, yeah. Under like, pressure. Oh my God. Imagine two song. people karaokeing to that. Like, what What a fucking like decathlon. Like, which I, apparently I, John Lennon. No, wait. I'm thinking of fame. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> I love my my go to karaoke song is the the Scorpions "Still Loving You," which is like a really bizarre wow. song to yeah. sing, but it's hilarious because it's just I mean you can get completely insane. Yeah, yeah, I love it's either that. that or like um, "Be Good to Mama" from um, Chicago. Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I dig it. Uh, another one of my favorites is uh, "Take on Me" by Aha. Because just the Great challenge song. of hitting that note, oh my gosh. <laughs> you know, right. it's like a big right. buildup. Are you gonna do it? Are you gonna do it? Are, Are you gonna, gonna do it? it? Do you we'll, do it? And oh, um, I try. <laughs> <laughs> I would say whether or not I actually hit it is fifty-fifty, uh, and uh, that's that's kind of the fun. It's it's you know, seeing someone fail is almost as much fun as seeing someone succeed in karaoke. It's it's good With times. Karaoke, yeah, <laughs> exactly. It's part of the fun. Yeah. Wow. I've that's learned all, so much. Yeah. These yeah. songs. Yeah, but that song is from Stone and Dethroned, which is the Jesus and Mary Chain album from 1994. Wow. So, so yeah, you, you you went from the 90s to the 60s. I dig it. Yeah. That's a, like that says a lot about your music catalog and knowledge. <laughs> I, a lot of a lot of my songs uh, tend to stay in the 90s. I love the 90s. The 90s it's such a is, yeah. pivotal time for me. I don't know. It's a treasure trove because I, yeah. I, I, I feel like the nineties and I'm probably biased because I was alive in the nineties, but I feel like <laughs> the nineties was the first time that the mainstream was willing to accept a very broad range of performers, genres, styles, mm, yeah. everything. Because like, I feel like before that, the, um, the avenues for delivering mainstream music to the masses, it was just very limited. You only had a few little windows here and there, whether it be mainstream radio or MTV even, but like the bigger and bigger it got by the time the 90s hit you had so many ways to hear things and so therefore so many genres were out there so many musicians Mm -hmm. were out there i I remember my parents saying to me at some point in the 90s uh because obviously i'm the kind of person that buys a lot of music often they were looking at like my 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 music collection and they were just like i don't think i could buy this many albums when i was your age if i tried and it's like that that is interesting i I bet you're wrong parents Mm -hmm. but yeah (laughs) it is still like just like an interesting idea that like when my folks were, you know, my parents were like born in like, you know, the 50s, um, they did not have the opportunity to hear as much music as generations after them. And that's, mm-hmm. I, I don't know, it, it's, uh, it makes hmm. me grateful, you know, for sure. Yeah. I think I you're right, know. though. Access. Yeah. 
Yeah, and and just uh, yeah, access to it, and therefore just needing more content to fill those gaps too. You know, it's it's the same thing with like television now. There used to be like three channels, four channels, and now there's literally a thousand or more. So we have way more television shows now. You know, there's just room for it all to exist. So I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know either. It. Um, I wonder if it also just depends on like where your parents grew up and like mm-hmm. what were they into? Yes. Because I feel like I have records from my mom's collection when she was younger and my dad. Um, and and there's so many different genres and I, I feel pretty blessed actually to have been raised by people who love music so much um, because it just, it's just, trickled its way down to me. But I mean, then when you talk about the 90s being more open to um, more genre types, it's interesting to me because that's when I also really got into more electronic music mm. and grunge and 90s sort of R&B. So yeah, you're, you're, I think you're on something there. Like MTV's uh, Subterranean or 120 Minutes and uh, Amp and whatnot, like have all those electronic um songs and then on top of that just like uh, shoegaze was huge then too and yeah it's interesting yeah i also think that in the 90s was the time where cross genre was like more acceptable you know in the 80s the 70s the 60s it was like depending on your race or where you grew up it was like you listened to certain kind of music but mm-hmm. it seemed like in the 90s like hip-hop became more you know came more prominent and obviously in the 2000s it became pop music but what was considered urban music became more mainstream music and there was just a greater acceptance of all different types of genres like you didn't Mm -hmm. have to be from Tennessee for example to listen to country music or you didn't have to be from New York City to like hip-hop or from you know wherever to listen to whatever and it just seems like that was when that really started to take off was in the 90s and up until now to where like it's amazing to me that to hear songs in other languages now mm-hmm. popular yeah. on mainstream radio and mainstream you know videos video programs it's like or winning grammy awards that, mm-hmm. that was like impossible you know even in the 90s for sure for sure yeah that's a good one i haven't really thought about that before it's like all we had was or not all we had but all maybe was this the 70s the um tequila song or like the Tito Puente band right. album yeah. that everyone had with the yeah whipping. yeah yeah now you have Shakira yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Rosalia exactly yeah Rosalia yeah. and mm-hmm. so many others like Ozuna all the yeah. Bad Bunny like Bad Bunny I, mean, yeah. I, I like give so much credit to Drake love him or hate him like he has this knack of bringing in all these people from different cultures into his mainstream music. Mm -hmm. And, you know, they were already popular and extremely popular, but I feel like Drake is always sort of bringing in this international flavor. I wonder if it has to do with being from Toronto. Like, you know, what cultures are there? Mm -hmm. But like, to me, he was one of the first people to start bringing in like Afrobeat artists, which now have blown up. He was one of the first to do that. And definitely working with a lot of West Indian artists and um, international, like Spanish-speaking artists, um, Portuguese-speaking artists, French-speaking artists. It's like pretty amazing. Yeah. And plus, Drake is very palatable. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like everyone can like Drake. Like, I, like, like yeah. if, if you play some Drake at like a wedding, everyone's going to be fine. No one's going to get really mad at you for playing Drake. <laughs> and, and, and I think that's a good, that's actually a really useful, good step for introducing main, like main popular culture 
to something even just slightly outside their comfort zone, you know? So, uh, yeah. Yeah. Actually, I feel like a lot of people criticize Drake for biting other people's cultures, but in a way he is helping to bring that culture or that uh, whatever style of music that he's using on whatever album he has, mm-hmm. he's bringing it more to the the mainstream, like grime. He used on that one album a lot. He, he had a lot of grime aspects on that one album and he had a lot of Caribbean aspects on another album. And yeah, it's in, in a way you can criticize him for doing that, but it's almost kind of like bringing more awareness to yeah. a particular genre. I mean, I feel like Madonna did the same thing. I feel like David Bowie yeah. did the same thing. Um, there, there, there's an element about being a chameleon that's mainstream and popular that, that really does kind of help society as a whole, you know? I mean, I, I feel like Madonna did a lot for electronic music, you know, just, just because she was like, oh, yeah. I'm embracing electronic music and I'm popular and here's my new single. You're going to like it. It's it's electronic music. Enjoy, you know? Yeah. So true. Yeah. Yeah. Are you well, talking about Ray of Light? Oh, I, I, I was. Light. I, I was thinking about Ray of Light. I was also thinking about Frozen. Fro- Frozen, Frozen, I think, nice. is... is, is, is um, that was to me. Frozen was like, I don't know uh, if, if they were there, like parallel streets to like Nine Inch Nails somehow. You know what I mean? Mm. Like, like, like Frozen was one alley that everyone could listen to, and mm-hmm. then if you wanted to, you just could veer to the right and take a quick little, you know, little little detour, and suddenly you're listening to industrial. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, it, it, it's so it was a strange time, and I, I'm here for it. I'm all about it. You know? Yeah. Speaking of detours. We yeah, hear? speaking of detours, but we should we should probably start closing up the store. But real quick, let's go through our quick Aww. short lists of short list. things that we wanted to say but couldn't. Here, here's a few duets that I, I wanted to talk about, but I never got around to. Uh, one is, like I briefly mentioned it, David Bowie and Queen. I mean, under pressure, some of the best vocal performances, them together just sound so good. Um, Animal Collective and Vashti Bunyan, uh, Adam Green and Binky Shapiro, Johnny Cash and Fiona Apple did a couple songs together, Jeffrey Lewis and Diane Cluck. I could go on and on, but those those are a few I really wanted to get in there. Uh, uh, Tara, how about you? Uh, Blood Orange and Empress of, Best mm-hmm. to You, PJ Harvey, Tom York, The Mess We're In, yeah. Kings of Convenience and Feist and Know How, um, Estelle and Kanye, American Boy, mm-hmm. Charles and Eddie, Would I Lie to You? Okay, I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> My God, wow, that's so cool. Um, for me, like I said, I, I was in Motown and I was like, okay, so I had to pick at least one song. Yeah. Ain't No Mountain High Enough, Marvin Gaye and Tammy Terrell. They mm. had another epic run of duets. They were incredible. Um, Leather and Laced on Henley and Stevie Nicks. I had mentioned that Stevie Nicks is one of my all-time yeah. favorite singers. Um, she's really amazing. Um, the duet between Barbara Streisand and Donna Summer um, on the radio. I think it's on the radio. No, it's not on the radio. Sorry. I'm like, I'm being a bad um DJ right now because I can't remember the name of the song and I, I wrote it down and then I took it off my list like right. that's because I was like you can't do that Marcy that's not cool hold on let me look it up so I could tell you guys um uh, no more te- enough en- enough is enough no more tears mm. um and um one of my all-time favorites endless love Lionel Richie yeah. oh yeah Diana Ross classic that one is so, yeah yeah, I love those it. are some of the ones that I was like, okay, these are great songs. But I just wanted to say one that I cannot like not think of as a duet, but it's definitely like they're in the same band is Atlantic Star for Always. Mm. <sighs> it's such, such an iconic song. duet with the video and whatnot. So 
A big one that I really I wanted it. to talk about but didn't fit my rules was the multi peaches. Adam Green and Kimmy oh, yeah. Dawson singing together make me so happy. And they're they are <laughs> they're duetting like a motherfucker. Like that's all they do. But it didn't fit my rules, so I, I definitely left that one out. Um all right, we gotta get out of here. But one last thing. Let's stock the employee recommendation shelf. Um this is an album I listened to the, for the first time this weekend, and I just fell in love with it immediately. Just like the track one, I had just like walk up to the the thing and be like, "What is this? Who's this? Why? Why is this? Why did I buy this? When did I buy this? Who? What? You know all these things, and um, it's very confusing. So I'm going to say it all, and then the information can just be out there. So the album is called Shelley's Secret. This came out in 2020. It's by Shelley's Gone. This is this is I'm gonna play a little bit. This is this is a song called Compass. It's track one. I absolutely adore it. It's my favorite song in the world right now. Here's a little bit of that. So Shelley's Gone is actually Surface to Air Missive, which is a band I I have heard of. They're they're from here in uh, in Georgia. Um, I believe he lives here in Atlanta. I'm not entirely sure. Surface to Air Missive so is also put out an album called Shelley's Gone. So now the name of the album he put out is now putting out its own album called Shelley's Secret, which is very confusing. And he also put out an album called Swan's Chamber by Swan's Chamber, not by Surface to Air Missive. And he also put out an album by a band called Dream Love. So I was trying to figure out what was binding this all together. And there's this one guy named Taylor Ross who decides apparently just to arbitrarily change the name that he releases albums under all the time. <laughs> and it's really hard to keep track of. I need How to find this person. Helpful? Yeah. Why does he do that? I don't know. But I love it all. It's all really, really good. <laughs> but it took me the longest time to realize that they were all by the same person. Like they all just kind of felt like they were in the same like orbit for a minute. And then I was like, wait, wow. what? Who, who, who is this? What is this? And I'm not even entirely sure I'm correct. But here, <laughs> what I think oh. I know is there's a guy named Taylor Ross and he's a multi-instrumentalist, <laughs> multi-instrumentalist. And, <laughs> that thing. <laughs> yeah. And he mostly does a band called Surface to Air Missive which is sometimes known as Shelley's Gone, which is sometimes known as Swan's Chamber, which is sometimes known as Dream Love. Anyway, check it out. <laughs> Good luck. <laughs> but the song in particular, Compass, for track one off Shelly's Secret. It's my favorite song in the world right now. I think it's great. That's me. Uh, Tara, how about you? What, what, what are you uh, jiving on right now? Um, I'm actually going to recommend a, a book, um, and that's Keith Richards' book Ooh. called Life. Um, it's... It's always really interesting to me, especially for a person like Keith Richards, the kind of, you know, life that they've led up until before he was even in a band. And he, he had a really interesting childhood, but um, he it's just really cool to hear him talk about um, the music that he loves and what's inspired him over the years um, and kind of how he's written the songs that uh, he's written for the Rolling Stones. But a, a fun piece of this is that it's an audiobook or the version I have is the audiobook, and uh, Johnny Depp reads the first half, hmm. and then Keith Richards reads the second half. So it's just kind of uh, cool to hear both of them is, is talking the book about told Keith Richards. Kind of like chronologically? Yeah. So, so, so it's almost like Johnny Depp is playing young Keith Richards? I mean, he's not really playing him. He's just talking about huh. his life. So you don't really get that. 
like he's a young child when Johnny Depp is is doing his piece. And Johnny Depp is no longer no, no, no. a young child. <laughs> no. I mean, no, yeah, he's a man. So yes, yeah. interesting, huh? Huh? That sounds cool. Who's the better reader? Yeah. Who's the better reader? Well, it's definitely interesting to hear Keith Richards talking about himself, right. and his accent is so good. You know, it's right. Kind of, uh, he sounds a little drunk always, so <laughs> just his persona, I guess. Yeah. He looks it too. He looks uh, a little. Yeah. Drunk. <laughs> <laughs> That's cool. Uh, how deep into it are you right now? Um, I am a little over halfway through. I'm into a part right now where he's kind of just realized he can play songs in open tuning in the guitar and it's opened up this sort of new world for him yeah. with songwriting. So yeah, it's super cool. That's cool. I, I didn't expect him to go that deep into actual like music theory and stuff. That's fun. Yeah. Huh. Hmm. I dig it. Uh, how about you, Marcy? Uh, we, we know you don't work here, but, uh, we like your taste. Throw something up on that oh. wall if you would. I am so honored to be able to throw something up in the wall. Do I have to, is it one recommendation? One recommendation? Let, let's try to stick to one and maybe some others will sneak <laughs> in, you know. Okay. So in that case, seeing as I have to bring it down to just one, I am going to recommend Alice Smith. Uh, the latest album that she has is an EP, six songs. Um, it's called Mystery. Well, it all Alice Smith is an incredible singer. She's one of my favorite singers, songwriters. Uh, she's married to Citizen Cope. A lot of people know Citizen mm -hmm. Cope. Um, but she's just a phenomenal vocalist, and her songwriting skills are incredible. Um, and if you ever get an opportunity to see her live, please do, because a lot of the songs that she performs live, she's never recorded. So I was happy to hear two songs that I love that I always want to like listen to on repeat, but I can't because she never recorded them. She actually included them in oh. uh, this work. So that was really great. Yeah, she's she's pretty dope. Nice. Cool. That's absolutely killer. Appreciate it. Well, uh, I guess that's it, everyone. Uh, thanks, everyone, for coming in today. Marcy, in particular, thanks for coming in and playing this game with us. We really appreciate it. Um, but the store is officially closed. So... Happy trails, everyone. Until we meet again. Record Store Society is hosted by Tara Davies and Seth Nicholas Johnson. If you'd like to contact the show, you can send an email to recordstoresociety at iheartmedia.com. Or you can find us on all your favorite social media sites with the handle at recordstoresociety. Record Store Society is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Are you in high school and thinking about your future? Or know someone who is? Consider Geneva College. Geneva College is a Christian college that prepares students for meaningful service in their life's work. Geneva has 140 majors and programs in fields like accounting, nursing, and engineering. We are consistently rated as a best-valued school because of our excellent programs and affordability. Find out for yourself by visiting Geneva. Open house is October 8th, and STEM Day is October 22nd. Register at geneva.edu slash visit. That's geneva.edu slash visit. Peace to the planet. I go by the name of Charlemagne the God. My mama calls me Lenard McKelvey. 
See, I thought I just had a face for radio. Then some good white people at Comedy Central gave me a new TV show called The God's Honest Truth. Won't God do it? And you know they couldn't contain my blessed black and highly favored ass to just 30 minutes once a week. Nope. I'm delivering extended sermons straight into your ears like a dollar store Q-tip. Plus, the check already cleared so I can say whatever the hell I want. Like, cracker ass cracker. See? Listen to The God's Honest Truth on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. My best friend is an Irish heiress. She was royalty from Ireland. Had a huge inheritance. We're talking $30 million. But it turns out Mayor Smith is actually an international con artist. And police are hunting for her. She's left a trail of devastation in her wake. This is not normal to be outside her place. I would rather die than let her get away. Listen to Queen of the Con every Thursday on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts.